The singularity is near. Blockchain, quantum computing, synthetic biology. Hey, my name is Sophie. I'm 16 year old on a mission to create the future. I'm learning a lot in this journey, and I want to share it with the world. This is the 2045 podcast. Now, this is the episode that I've been waiting for since the podcast started. This is not just another episode, because today we will be meeting an amazing and young person. She is 17 years old and has keynoted in more than five countries around the world. Some of her projects include cultured meat research, building a technical overview of the female's body, and her current project, reducing maternal mortality in Africa. Since she was 15, she started to get interested in the world of tech. And now she is on a mission to solve the world's biggest problems using exponential technologies. As you may imagine, she's collected some very interesting stories along the way. And a lot of learnings that are taking her from zero to unicorn. Easy, it's truly a pleasure to have the chance to talk to you today. So in short, today I'd like to focus on how to get started, how to keep on going, and how to succeed. In this sense, and thinking as I do a year ago, my first question is, how did you find your passion? I once heard that it's a matter of exploring and involving yourself in a wide variety of skill-based activities, but personally for you, how did you know that healthcare or cultured meat was kind of your thing? I, like, sometimes I was, I think, I think one thing I used to find my passion, and I think it's, it's not find, it's developed. It's something that happens over time. It's something that you realize you try something and it doesn't work. And then you just keep on going. I like to view myself as almost like a spreadsheet that's completely empty. And if you wanted to look at that, like if you think about a spreadsheet and, and, now, and analyzing a spreadsheet, then you can sort of draw conclusions. I kind of think about like passion like that. But if I'm a spreadsheet with no numbers in it, how can I analyze what seems to be passion? What I seem to like the most, what my pie chart or bar graph looks like where the numbers seem to be higher than they are lower. And so it's very hard to make very strong conclusions on an empty spreadsheet. Similarly, it's very hard to say, oh, I really like healthcare. Oh, I really want to contribute to alternative protein without even knowing uh, what those things are. And then on top of that, not even knowing what you look like in different other industries and other topics. So for me, I think the statement that you made earlier about exploration, I do think it's a foundation for passion. Because if you don't explore and you don't know what you want, you're just an empty spreadsheet trying to make these like fancy data calculations, but you don't have them. But if you start and you figure it out and you see what sticks with you, uh, I think it becomes a lot easier to develop that area of passion. Okay, so what you suggest is that we basically explore ourselves and build that spreadsheet in order to analyze different aspects of ourselves so we can see how well we are doing in each one of them? Somewhat. So I think to even do that, we have to take on a different mindset. We've taken on a different perspective. Because I think a lot of people go through life living through it and not really thinking about it. For example, uh, a lot of a lot of people around where I am, uh, they have to take tons of standardized tests, like the SAT or, or whatever, different, there's different types. And I find a lot of people see these tests as a task. They see them as, oh, something I have to do in order if I wanted to apply to a school in the United States or to get into a top tier university. I have to just take the standardized test. 
and they view it as a thing they must do and the thing they like study for or whatever they take the test and that's it and they get the score maybe they have to take another one whatever but very infrequently people actually use this as a learning experience do they use it as a, a place to try different strategies to learn as a place to understand which way your brain naturally goes towards and what parts are most interesting i don't think people philosophize their own personal lives more they kind of see school and standardized testing and applying to college and university and whatever else is happening in your life as something you need to do versus something you get to experiment with something you get to see and i think it goes into this mindset of being of not just going through your life completing tasks but going through your life completing experiments and that's how you feel that spreadsheet that's how you think about things uh, and I think once you approach it like that, even something that seems so mundane and something that seems so necessary, but you know, oh, if I, instead of studying for a standardized test, I can be doing X, Y, Z, just use it as an opportunity. And I think that has been one of the most beneficial mindsets I've taken on to fill in those spreadsheets. All right. I love that mindset, you know, think about I get to rather than I have to. Is it that? Exactly. Yeah. And also you get to, but you get to observe too. And you can use your observations to implement and to iterate and to see what works and what doesn't. Awesome. Well, moving on to the next question, I was curious, which do you remember to have been the first little or significant thing that changed inside you in terms of your habits or your mindset that just put you into this unconventional path that make you that made you act in a different way or just do things differently? I think it was um, the sentence I heard and it just made me really think about it. Um, so both of us are in the program, TKS, I'm not sure how much your listeners know about it, but um, on my first day I went to, it's a human accelerator program and I went to the first session and I didn't really know too much about what the program was. I just knew it was a, couple of, a series of intelligent kids that were here to learn about emerging technologies and sciences and so forth. And so I walk into the room, we have this like really, really cool space. We're at one of the universities in Toronto. And it, it just, it was like, unlike any classroom I've ever, ever been in. And we walk in, we sit down. And one of the first things uh, one of the founders were talking about is they were like, well, if you want, look around you and think about in your school environment, wherever, what are you doing differently than the person next to you? If you want to solve problems, if you want to do interesting things in your life, if you want to lead a life that is different, meaningful, adventurous. You have to do something different, but what are you doing differently than the person next to you? What are you doing differently than the kid you sit next to in math class? What are you doing differently than the people on the bus? And to me, when I really thought about it, I was like, oh my God, nothing. <laughs> I'm doing nothing differently. And it was just this like, wow, do I think that I'm a different person? Do I think that I have a lot of uniqueness? And I guess my answer at that time was yes, but if I'm not acting on that, well, then I'm not really doing anything. Like to even be unconventional, you have to think about what are the people next to me doing? Why am I doing the same things? Why don't I start doing different things? And I think that kind of played into the simple thing, which is in order to even go down an unconventional path, you have to do. And in order to do, you have to just get started. And so I think it just like having something that really like kicks you and a sentence that is so powerful. And I think that's what books can do. And there's so many different environments. That was definitely uh, my thing. Yeah, I cannot resonate with that. You know, I have classmates who say, like, I want to move to another country or do this and that. And it's like, what are you doing right now in order to make that happen? And so I like what you're saying. Um, which would be 
an advice that you would give for someone to just get started? You know, because you mentioned um, having a powerful motto or phrase that empowers them, but uh, how do you actually transition to to building something, to doing something instead of just wishing for it to happen? Because you know that's something that I've actually struggled with a little in the past. Uh, just. Uh, dreaming about things and not actually working to make them true. So, which would be your advice for this? Yeah. So, I think one of the first things that people do is they overcomplicate their lives, their productivity systems, everything. We think that we need like fancy spreadsheets, and I have this too. Like, I used to have like really, really complicated um, structures and systems and whatever goals. And there's there's two mistakes that I really see people fall into the trap of. One is what、well, you kind of mentioned. It's like, oh, but I don't know enough, or I need to like gain the fundamentals before I start doing everything.、Um, and I and I really like this concept. So, so that's one. And the second one is they just overcomplicate everything, and then you you you're more focused on how your Notion page looks like or how your calendar is organized versus just doing and going. So let's talk about this first one. I really like this concept, and I, I go back to the idea of Roman engineering. So two thousand years ago. When Roman, we didn't really know what chemistry was. We didn't really understand how, like Newton wasn't alive. Was he? No, no, he wasn't alive.、Um, and so we didn't have the basics of forces. We didn't have the basics of physics, chemistry, biology, like nothing. Yet the Romans were still able to build roads that work. They were still able to build some of like the most impressive structures in history. They were able to realize that arches are really beneficial and that the Colosseum and all of these things. You go to like I was in Italy、uh, a few years ago, and it was just incredible to see things that were. Centuries old, like they were so old, and people didn't know what an atom was back then. They didn't know all these things, and so let's think about that idea. Do you really need to have an understanding of every aspect of physics in order to build structures that last several decades and centuries? Well, the Romans proved that you didn't. They were still able to leverage. So, what does it mean to be an engineer then? Is it someone that understands the fundamentals of the universe and then is able to leverage those? Or is there a type in which you can just build without knowing everything, and you learn throughout the way, you learn through trial and error? And so,、uh, I, I really—that's this. This is one of the reasons I like history, is because you get to learn from the case studies of the past, and it kind of encourages you to. You're like, well, do I need to know every single programming language before I try to do something <laughs> with programming? Probably not.、Uh, the Romans didn't need it; they didn't know exactly what cement was and what it was made of, but they were still able to use it. So that's the first thing. Is I think people over over index on knowing every single aspect of the fundamentals,、uh, and I can give you one more example. I was talking to someone, and they were trying to get an, a complete comprehensive understanding of the legal industry before they wanted to consider this like one specific legal task they need, like a contract or whatever. But they were trying to understand the entire process, and I was just like, no, just start with the task and then move backwards.、Um, that's the first one. Do you have anything, any thoughts that come off of that? Yeah, this is、uh, something that I've actually been thinking about a lot lately, especially since I started to do more research on exponential technologies like gene editing. And there were some times in which I knew a lot about a very specific topic, like CRISPR, a gene editing tool. But then I found these、uh, gaps of knowledge,、um, let's say in chemistry, that didn't allow me sometimes to go further or deeper. Or just made it a little bit difficult. So I'm curious about whether it is always a good idea to build the knowledge down the road, 
because I found that it is actually something that we've been trained for. Like the education system trains you to do, uh, to learn the fundamentals of a lot of topics that are very broad, like um, STEM areas or history or whatever it may be. And then it's not only until university or after university that you actually specialize in something. But, you know, I'm curious about what you think about this. Yeah, I think it can be a more case-by-case basis, but it's like, how do you draw the lines of the fundamentals? What is the fundamentals? Like, do you, exactly. in order, like, before, like, do you need to have, do you need to know how the cardiovascular system works in order to work on, I don't know, like the COVID-19 vaccine? I, I don't know. Like, I don't know the answer to that. And it becomes hard for us to actually draw those lines. But then it's also like, we think about, at least, at least when I was a kid, I thought you go to university and you just learn everything there is to possibly learn about biology or uh, history or chemistry and then you just go live your career based on that knowledge but that's clearly not true you have to learn about everything this stuff is changing all the times what might have been uh, medically uh, preferable 50 years ago might be completely illegal to do today like we are constantly changing context which is why i don't know if i necessarily think that there's like what does it even mean to have fundamentals how do you know but as you start to learn and have a goal so let's say your goal in mind is um, you really wanted to contribute to reducing orphan diseases, so diseases that exist for very few amount of people, and you wanted to contribute to that problem more holistically, right? And you start getting, you get started. I think if you had the right mentors and you were able to network and find the right people, they can tell you what you need to do and what specific areas you need to learn. So I think you can learn even the fundamentals along the way. And this idea of not knowing enough is just preventing so many people from starting and going. But if you just have a little bit of naivety and you go forward, but you're thoughtful about it and you have the right people helping you, I think it's, I think everything to some extent can be empowered and and learned throughout your journey. For sure. I actually think that learning the skills, the knowledge down the road is actually going to be a great part in the advancements that we're going to see in the education system of the 21st century. So definitely something to keep in mind and to adapt to as well. And talking about education, I'm now curious about the roadblocks or challenges that you faced along the way of uh, being a self-learner, of teaching yourself how to solve the world's biggest problems, uh, teaching yourself about uh, cultured meat or any other technology. Because, you know, it's not like we are taught these in school. And certainly there must have been uh, some very useful learnings that you can share with us. Yeah, like every, sometimes you just be, reach this point in which it's, it's like you've entered the stage, you get into this project and you kind of go from it from a very audacious, ambitious standpoint. And when that happens, you have a lot of excitement going into it, but you don't really have that many expectations you don't really know that much. And it's, it's kind of nice that like you have this like curiosity that's fueling you, whatever. And then you reach the stage where you start actually making progress and you start actually completing things and, and getting forward. And then it gets to the point where you're just like, hmm, am I actually fit for this? Does this work? And then you start having team troubles and you realize, oh, we should have done this a lot better. And then you start to regret things in the past. So I think it, it's um, one of the greatest challenges I faced is throughout um so i've been working on this project for several months now uh reduction of maternal mortality in sub-saharan africa and 
first like there's there's been team challenges where my team has shifted and I've been a lot like the central node at times during this process having to make decisions to remove team to team members and having to like figure out how to um reduce team gaps stuff like that which has been challenging in and of itself but then you reach this point where you're like can I even handle this am I a little bit over my head which Vans is probably yes but it's like that's that's how we make progress in the world that's how we create change it's if we were all doing things that we were qualified to do I don't think we'd have a very exciting world being built but it's the fact that people strive beyond their comfort comfort zone beyond what they think they can do and you just have to figure out how to learn along the way but I think the biggest roadblock at least I face has been very like mentally driven like oh am I second doubting like am I double guessing myself did I do this correctly should I just like go back and redo it and then there's also the thing specifically within like as a mental challenge is I've been going so fast and I'm very good at going fast and moving quickly and putting together results and it's like really nice to have momentum and then you stop for a bit and you think you're like did I actually take the right approach do I have the right uh, team capacity what is wrong and then you realize oh my gosh there's so many gaps there's so many things I wish I would have just like done differently and then you face this decision which is a difficult one it's like do we continue moving fast or do we have to slow down and reassess and maybe even go a little bit backwards. So it's like this change in motion. And if I would relate it to a topic in physics, it's like we have a lot of inertia in Newton's first law. And so an object in motion tends to stay in motion unless acted upon by another force or an object sitting at rest will stay at rest. And sometimes it feels really hard to change your direction or to change your motion. And it, you need to do that. And that's the change. It's, it's like everything is changing. So anyway, I'm like uh, spitting words now and we're vomiting, <laughs> but that's... That basically been the biggest one. Okay, so if I understood you well, the major challenge that you faced is this change in the environment around you and the way that you overcome it was just by adapting to this environment or can you actually elaborate more on that? Yeah, I think the change is you you start and you go and you go quickly and then you ask yourself am i the right person am i doing this correctly what am i doing wrong and you realize there's lots and lots of holes and there's lots of areas for improvement and then you have to stop you have to ponder you have to think okay how do we improve this and it takes a little bit of a uh, a little bit of sit down and a little bit of strategicness to actually make yourself go through with a critical mind i think that's the hard part it's very easy to um do something and want it to be good and just like say it's good enough and whatever but it's going back and having a critical mind and saying okay what's missing here what am i doing wrong what do i have to do next and it's that it, it, it feels almost counterproductive because it's like okay instead of going forward and researching this aspect or building out this document i'm like looking at old stuff i'm verifying facts it's almost mundane but i think it's a necessary process to really really try to retrospect and think about with a critical mind and then that's how you adapt properly yes you can adapt you can think about things off the spot but if you don't actually go back and slow your mind down and slow your progress and it might hurt it might feel like oh i'm going to miss a deadline now oh like i'm going to disappoint someone like sometimes it's okay and sometimes you have to really consider and then the last part there is at times when you find all these errors and you find all these things that are wrong you sometimes lose confidence and it's having the team is having the people it's having the support it's having like that I think mantras are really like we talked about earlier like having those sayings that really stick in your mind that really help and then it's like okay I'm going to sit down I'm going to review I'm going to take a step backwards and I know that I can do this that combination of things
Yeah, that's also something that I resonate with a lot because sometimes we just need to stop to take a break or maybe not even a break, but just to stop and think about our path, where we are going. And this may sometimes seem like we are being stagnant, like uh, we are just stopping working. But then if we if we didn't do that, if we just continue doing our thing, maybe we wouldn't have a clear idea of what we are doing. So I think that's important as well to uh, eventually lead us to an unconventional path, which is actually um, the topic that I'd like to discuss about uh, now. What does taking the unconventional path mean to easy? And I know this definition of success may vary among each one of us, but what does it personally mean for you? How do you come up with this definition? Oh, a loaded question. Um, I think my first definition of unconventional is what is the opposite of what other what people would intend to do, and what is the opposite of what you would even intend to do yourself? So one thing, uh, one aspect that has really amplified my life is really understanding what my intent, like what I would intuitively do, and trying to go against that, especially in situations where um, I like I think a lot of kids growing up, especially in this very comparable time in in history or not history, but <laughs> but it's really easy to go on your phone on Instagram and just like feel so terrible after and feel jealous and feel anger and get mad at people. And I think it's very common for kids to have that. And so one of the things that I've tried to do, and I think this just speaks to the idea of unconventionalist, is just try to do the opposite. Try to not be angry at someone, but be thankful for the things that they've taught you. Try to not be jealous, but to actually use that envy as a trigger for celebration. And I think this idea of doing the opposite in different environments is actually quite a powerful one because it allows you to start thinking about what is the thing that my mind might naturally do and how do I go against that? How do I go against the gravitational pull of mediocrity and what might be seen as safe and conventional, et cetera? And then how do you have that mantra growing? So to me, that's what it means to go down an unconventional path. What would most people do and let me do something differently? Because if most people are doing it, most people aren't curing cancer. Most people aren't uh, solving public health pandemics and epidemics and issues most people aren't figuring out how to get to mars so why would i do the same thing that those people are doing now to me success success has been a very interesting question to ponder over the years um and i sound like <laughs> i'm like super old and i'm not but it's just it's so it's so it's so fascinating to me how I, I feel like okay one thing i've been very very fortunate with is i don't think i have a lot of um pressure for conventional success so it's never been like oh i need to be uh, at a high earning executive position in some like fancy office no it's not even like oh i need to graduate some incredibly intensive school like it, to me success is is there's a couple of points but one of them that i really really value is who am i surrounded with and what are we doing in the future, I see myself in rooms that are filled with whiteboards and just like ideation <laughs> and putting together ideas. And that's really where my brain thrives. Um, and I talk about my brain in like different ways because I think it's like really interesting to know what are your learning processes? What does, what makes you intellectually excited? And I just love the idea of challenges and connectivity. So being able to put things that might not necessarily make sense together and actually say, hey, this is a new opportunity for this this concept or hey let's think about this in different ways so i think there's an element of me that just absolutely loves teamwork collaboration putting things together so unconventional success is 
figuring out how, can, how I can either create or become part of environments that are like filled with this quote unquote whiteboard community where everyone is putting together ideas and actually making things reality and not just like bland things and bland concepts, but how do we make the interesting stuff happen in the world? Like that is just the essence of my nature and I love doing that. Um, and the second part is I've always, I've always really, really enjoyed just just this idea of how do I sit down and get to know myself and get to know what it means uh, to be Isabella and what are her thoughts, her emotions, her whatever. And I think there's such a profound thing and like to develop that self-love for yourself. And to me, a big portion of that success is how I can build relationships with myself, myself and others. Uh, and so that is, it, it's, it's so, it's so different in this time to be someone like, oh, I'm actually not going to go to the social gathering because I want to spend an evening with myself. And I really enjoy the time I spend with myself and being able to develop that. So to me, success, yes, there's the problem solving nature and those ecosystems and environments, but there's also the, how do I actually focus on the right things that matter to me and then the people that are, I'm really close to. Wow, this is awesome, you know, because I remember to have read in one of your articles that you're actually a big fan of whiteboards and just this, having this type of organization or thinking. And I'm happy that you are now surrounding yourself with those uh, people who, well, whiteboard people or, uh, you know, and you'll continue to do so. So it's great for you. And... The other thing is uh, you mentioned taking risks. That is something that I've been trying to practice also lately. And it's actually harder than I think because we've been trained to like follow the conventional path, you know, um, to get good grades, get a good job, get into a good university, have a good family. And that is sometimes not what we want or at least not everyone or it just it's just different to the plans we had previously. So how do you train yourself to, to be more courageous, to take more risks? Hmm. I think once you start doing it more often, it becomes a little bit more intuitive. It becomes um, something that you become more comfortable with. So one thing that I've, um, I've noticed throughout my life is as I've started to try different things, it's almost always paid off. And if it didn't pay off, I learned something super valuable. And so it's either been like a really important learning or something that just made my life all the more interesting. Um, I think one of the big risks that I took in uh, 10th grade is I started just like really jeopardizing my attendance to focus on this crazy idea within cellular agriculture and just trying to become someone that was incredibly knowledgeable and then also could positively contribute to that. So at times I was missing several days and several classes of school and having to figure out how to catch up. And to everyone around me, it was just kind of like, this is so unheard of and so um, like strange to see. But then all of a sudden, it started really paying off. And then I ended up living in Amsterdam that summer. And it's like, that would have never, that's, that's not something you can just go online and apply for. It's not something that someone can just hand to you because you get it. It's like something I worked for. Like, like, and it was just, it was a very risky move. Like people were, like I didn't do a single club in school. Everyone was like, what are universities and colleges gonna think if you didn't pad your school resume and like all that stuff. And it's like, I would never go back and do anything differently. But at the moment, sometimes I was like, you know, maybe I shouldn't miss these two weeks of school to go to this very exciting conference and maybe it'll change my life. And most of them <laughs> did. It, it was like, it was very, it was very easy for me. Um, 
it was very easy for my my mind to just try to rationalize but then i had the support system i had the people that really pushed me to think bigger and to try and it was just like that ripple effect that has always that has always helped me a little bit okay and when we talk about success something that i heard is that success is the combination between luck or opportunities and being prepared but actually there are some experts who have even said that luck can come into that equation and i'm curious like how do you do you think that opportunities um can be created like by serendipity or that you actually need to create them or that you just need to wait till they happen to you um which is like the most convenient or i mean like uh what do you think about this i definitely don't think it's helpful for you to just think about opportunities coming to you because then you're just going to sit around waiting for life to happen to you and i don't think that's a productive way to spend your time but if you so i think anyone listening to a podcast like this you are living in unbelievable like think about it the fact that we have air conditioning is something that most people 500 years ago could never conceive of the fact that we have heating again crazy the fact that we have microprocessors in our computers the fact that that's made up of silicon and element you know like we have all the idea of chemistry the periodic table something that people didn't know of for a lot of human history and it's like we're living in such a profound time that has never before been realized and i think that is something to inherently be grateful for so yes there's an element of luck there's an element of whatever but i think we are lucky just realize that we are lucky we are living in such an exciting point in time and we have all of these incredible like if you're listening to this fact you have a phone the fact that you might have glasses like the fact that i can see is one of the main reasons that i'm able to do whatever i can do i have clothes that are clean i can go and take a shower at any point in my day i have running water i have um cups that can hold stuff that are clean i'm not getting infected but, like list really goes on the fact that think about it the fact that we have doors in our houses the idea of privacy a lot of people in the world can't even imagine people have to live in these tiny um sometimes in like informal settlements in areas they have to live in these areas without even light we have light we have materials we have curtains right like all of these things it's like how do you i honestly like can i cannot believe how every day like i i just try to spend make gratitude to have it because it's like once you do that how can you be around sitting and waiting for life happening to you when you realize oh my gosh like i'm living better than 99 plus percent of humans ever and to me it's like who cares about luck who cares about whatever like just try to live the life that is most meaningful to you and try to experience these levels of happiness and try to experience these these like just try to appreciate the things that we have around us um i think it it get, things get really interesting once you go down that path i love that yeah absolutely having an abundance mindset right okay yeah okay and uh so the next question goes around opportunities so how do you know you're ready for an opportunity you don't you don't you only know after the fact it's so retroactive how do you know you're right you don't like if you try it then you'll be like okay maybe i wasn't ready but like i did it and i tried it and i learned something that's the thing you can always learn something from everything this is one of the reasons i really like grocery shopping 
because everyone overestimates grocery shopping. They think it's a task. They think it's something that's quite boring and bland. But to me, grocery shopping has always been a very strategic thing. It's always been like, okay, how do I max like minimize? I'm a bit. I like to be a very efficient person, so I like to minimize the amount of time I spend in those areas. So it's about okay, how do I get a very good deal for the food I want to buy, and then also do it very rapidly. And I just love, I love this idea of strategy within the real world. And I, I like to take my, my I make my mom make help, go with her grocery shopping just to just like try things. I try to work with my mom, who has a very different grocery shopping etiquette than I do. She has a much more careful methodological approach, whereas I'm very fast and efficient. And it's like, oh, I get to learn how to work with her and figure out how we can compromise here and there. And how she gets distracted looking at the chip aisle, and I'm just like, "Come on, let's go." We agreed to healthy food this week, stuff like that. And it's like I think you can create a lot of beautiful learnings within life, but it's like, how we don't know. We don't know until we try stuff. We don't know until we see. And I think we can always learn from every opportunity. And if you can learn from an opportunity, then I think you're fine with it. And if you fail an opportunity, you learn from it, and then you re- then you can adjust it. But again, it's the spreadsheet. If your spreadsheet is empty. How are you gonna analyze it? If you've never had an opportunity like that, how are you gonna know if it was, you know, something that you can do and you're prepared for? Sure. So in this sense, we shouldn't really be looking or asking ourselves if we're if we're ready, but just if it's you know going to add something to the spreadsheet and is going to add value to us, so we can later on have these experiences, have these experiments, and learn more about ourselves. Correct. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> think you have to think about if it's good enough for the spreadsheet everything's good enough for the spreadsheet take everything in your spreadsheet and then think about it later like maybe something <laughs> you, you might want to eat on there uh but it's like you never know you never know what you're gonna learn like i i i learned so many things in so many unexpected environments uh i remember one 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 day in the summer i just i spent the afternoon in this like very cool park area and i was reading this book and i just like was reading and it was just so meditative and immersive and I was just really really internalizing this book about like passion and activism and nature and the importance of the trees and stuff like that and it was quite beautiful and I really really learned from that maybe to the same level of learning as I as I've learned speaking on global stages in front of thousands of people and trying to get over those nerves like there's there's something you can learn from every aspect of life and so I don't think you have to very much like discriminate between opportunities like just go do it and see what happens Well, lots of questions, lots of feedback, advice, insights, and stories. Thank you so much for being here, Easy. But hey, you who are listening, don't worry because this episode hasn't fully finished. We will be hosting a bonus section in which I'll be asking Easy a series of quick questions, which don't really need a very deep or long explanation because you'll be thinking about those answers as well. But as of now, thank you very much for listening to this episode. Please feel free to share it with anyone that may be interested in growing themselves, 10xing the, their growth, and just learning about innovation, personal growth, and the world. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at 2045podcast on both of them. And remember that we have weekly episodes. So I'll see you in the next one. Bye.